When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, Discover must-see shows and hit movies. And get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. And here we are on the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network, a part of the DraftKings Network pregame power-up. Airs every single Sunday, 8 to 1 p.m. Eastern time here. Three shows, five hours, getting you set with everything you need. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet of football content leading up to kickoff later on this afternoon. Femi Buffet here in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, how are we doing today? It's a, it's a, it's a good day. It's been a while since we've done a Sunday gig together. Yeah, I know Stormy's been catching those flights, but today <laughs> she was stuck out there at James Madison, and, and then she was in Coastal Carolina. That was a route. She should have left in the third quarter. That thing was over quick. Anyway, what a day in college football, huh? Oh, my What gosh. a day. Oh, my gosh. The Michigan-Ohio State appetizer, the, the Auburn – Alabama. Thank God Bill Berman called Nick Saban at halftime, got that thing straightened out. Uh, let's see. what I mean, Washington, the Apple yep. Cup was great. It, it, I even thought Florida State, Florida, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I mean, there was some incredible games. And how about our man Matt Humans? I mean, he loves those nightcaps. The man doesn't sleep at all. He takes Hawaii and San Diego State in the last game of, of Brady uh, – hoax career at uh-huh. san diego state and they and he covers i mean it's impressive it's it was an impressive what a fun day though really was i mean it was rivalry saturday we were talking about it yesterday at this time you're we b- building up to it as a halo you know these underdogs they tend to be a little bit more alive in these rivalry games because a lot of them are instant rivalries these kids know each other and we saw that i mean michigan ohio state was just an unbelievable game the atmosphere was insane there uh, always is in ann arbor or columbus but michigan go ahead and clinching the big 10 east and then the apple cup like that was the one that's near and dear to my heart i'm watching that game and we talked about it yesterday i said hey just be careful here like like Washington might be in a little bit of trouble. Cam Ward, depending on what you get from Washington State, they could be very uh, frisky in this game. And boy, they looked live through a lot of that game there. The Huskies end up pulling it out there with a yeah. the late field goal there at the end, though. And a horrible pass and a horrible rough in the passer <laughs> call, too, <laughs> that was, right? That was brutal. And a horrible play call for Penix to get sacked to push yeah. him even further back in field goal range. I mean, that was 
they did not manage that game, although the fourth down call was oh. brilliant. You know, they got yeah. that eagle formation and they yep. ran outside. The cameraman was faked out completely. But, look, I mean, the story of the day is Auburn, Alabama. The season's on the brink. Mm-hmm. You know, Auburn's pulling the upset of all upsets. And, you know, the last play of the game off of the bad snap, I felt so bad for that center. But, you know, it's funny. When one thing goes wrong early in the season and you never get it fixed, it always creeps its ugly head. At the wrong time, right? And that's what's happened with the center exchange at Alabama. It showed up, and now we got a fourth and 21 from the 21 or whatever 30, it was. 31, yeah. 31. And, Nick, and, and Nick's right. He, I'm sure they practice that situation mm-hmm. where you've got to throw it to a certain spot in the back of the end zone. But what I don't understand is, you know, everybody said, well, they, only, they didn't rush three. Tackle in college football. If you're unsure whether you're going to make the play on the ball, just tackle the guy. Yep. Just tackle the guy. It's only a 15-yard penalty. Tackle them. Just tackle them. You know, and for all the times Alabama's had to go back to Tuscaloosa with one of those, how did that just happen? They finally got one. Yeah. I mean, Saban said it after the game. He said, weird stuff happens here at Jordan Hare. Like, that's just a place late November. You don't want to have to go there. Uh, Alabama has to go there each and every year, or at least every other year for the Iron Bowl. But, I mean, what a throw by Jalen Milrow, by the way. I mean, like, opposite hash to go to the corner there just on a frozen rope. Like, like, Milrow's got some big-time talent there, and, like, he's gotten a lot better. Like, that's one of the better stories of the college football season is just his improvement going from being benched to now being the quarterback of this Alabama team that – who knows what happens next Saturday when they take on Georgia in the SEC title game? That's going to be one heck of a game as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait I, to see that one. Yeah, as Nick said after the game, they're going to have to play a lot better, right? They're going to have yeah. to play a lot better. And, you know, and then there's no guarantee they get into the final four. For some reason, the committee's hanging this, this, the, the loss to Texas over their head. They played Texas again. I think they beat Texas. I really do. Whether they mm-hmm. played them in Austin and played it in Tuscaloosa, I think they would win. So, you know, to me, Washington looks like the most vulnerable team. If they don't win, you know, it, with one loss, they're out. The other one is Ohio State, right? This is the second time in a row Ohio State's going to be peaking on the outside, not having to play a game, <laughs> and maybe getting into the Final Four. I mean, like, seriously, what's wrong with the path? There? That's something wrong with that, right? Feels like it. It <laughs> feels like it, especially after last year when they got their brains beat in by Michigan, and then they said, "Like, oh, here you go. Welcome to the playoff." And there's yeah, a come on in. There's yeah, a scenario. come on in. Like, like if Washington loses, if if uh, Texas loses, if Alabama loses, I, you start looking around, and there's there's that Buckeye. <laughs> there's that Buckeye. And then right they get to the. I mean, they they lose the biggest game of the year, and then they they get in it. I mean, it makes no sense at all. It really doesn't. Yeah. I mean. Look, it was a tough loss, but they had a chance with seven minutes to go in the game. They got a chance to get the ball back. They couldn't get the ball back. Yeah, no, and, and I, I thought at times they actually did show some toughness. That the drive there, that when they went ahead and tied the game up at seventeen, uh, and it was Travion Henderson who went ahead and ran it in for the touchdown. Like they, they looked like they were ready to answer the bell. But Michigan, credit them, they made the big plays when they had to with the game sealing interception there. So we talked about college football. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense with what the committee is going to do. That will be a conversation for another day. Let's talk about what what makes sense actually yeah. here, Michael, which is the National Football League. And one of my favorite Bill Parcells quotes. We've talked about this quite a bit here, but I just love when he says. He says, you find out who you are around Thanksgiving. Well, we've reached Thanksgiving. And do you feel like you kind of have a good feel for what these contending teams are doing, what some of the second tier teams are doing? Or do you think that these next six weeks or so are still going to give us some more answers? No, I think we know who we are. I mean, we'll know we'll know a lot. I mean, I think Kansas City knows who they are and they have to adjust accordingly. They're a good defensive team. 
that has to maximize their offensive ability and pick their spots and try to just complete passes, know that they're going to have to be methodical. You know, Buffalo kind of knows who they are. They need Josh Allen. This is the time of the day where, you know, Josh, we got seven games to go. You got to take over. Denver clearly has followed the, the Parcells path. I'm not saying Denver's a Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. but certainly Denver understands who they are and they built their team around how they have to play. It's really what Parcells is saying is, here's how we have to play to win. Like, and Mike Tomlin's been doing this all year, right? Yep. Whether Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator or not, they're going to play their style of how they have to play. I think Sean McVay can do it too. The problem is once he loses some pieces, he can't do it. And then there's some teams that can't. I think the most interesting game on the slate starts at 1 o'clock down in Houston with Jacksonville because here's what we know. We know that Trevor Lawrence is better on the road throwing. We know that Trevor Lawrence has struggled. He struggles against teams that like to play zone. The teams that when you look at what they do in terms of how they match up, what they do. I mean, Lawrence by the South, okay, Houston's a zone team. This year and last year, they were a zone team. And the year before with David Culley, because Lovey Smith was the defense coordinator, they're a zone team. One and four straight up against Houston, okay? Three and two against straight up against Tennessee, two and three against the spread. And then he's four and two, five and one against Indianapolis. He struggles when he has to play against that. When he's on the road, there, there lies the problem. They have no run game. This is a game where you say, well, Tennessee's, a, excuse me, Jacksonville has to win. Mm-hmm. But I think this Houston's a very formidable opponent. And I think C.J. Stroud, who moved the ball up and down the field against the Cardinals, turned it over three times in the red area, will move the ball again today. Yeah, the, the red zone's been kind of a little bit of like a bugaboo situation for the Houston Texans. They've gone down there and had a, quite a bit of miscues. You mentioned it against the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals could have won that game uh, at the end of that one there. But the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, he wasn't all the way dialed in with some of his throws to those receivers as well. I, I can't wait to watch that game because first place in the AFC South is on the line. In terms of the betting market right now, Jacksonville is a one and a half point favorite on the road over at DraftKings. The total's at 48. That total's been getting bet to the over all throughout the week. We'll break that game down more uh, in, in more in depth coming up a little bit later on. But I wanted to get to the most bet games. Jags-Texans is the third most bet game of the day over at DraftKings. The number one most bet game, Michael, is the Chiefs at the Raiders. And the big news with that game, yesterday evening as I'm getting ready to go to bed, all of a sudden I see all the insiders blasting with the notifications of, hey, Max Crosby's really pushing to play despite being listed as doubtful earlier in the week. Like, is this a situation where Crosby with the knee injury, the bye week is coming up? Are we Should, should we expect him to play at Allegiant State? later this afternoon the market thinks so as this has come down from the tens now sitting as low as eight and a half well when when the news broke it went right back up to 10 then it came back down to eight and a half again i i think he'll play i think he'll try to play let's say that but last mm-hmm. week he tried to play with the two and he wasn't effective on it you know he really wasn't the dominant force that he typically is in games against the miami offensive line which he should have dominated this game is going to be difficult if if he doesn't play how do they stop the Ra- the Raiders are going to play bend but don't break like they did against Miami. Don't give up the big play. Don't give up any chunk yards. Make them get into third down. Make it a third down game. And when you look at this, you know, uh, they can still, I mean, as bad as Kansas City has played the last three weeks in terms of no points in the second half, I still think they will move the football effectively on the Raiders. My concern is in this game is for the Raiders offensively. How do they move the ball? How do they block a team like Kansas City who averages 4.7 opponent yards per play? 
you know, they're 0.275 in opponent points per play. That's significant, right? And so they, they, they take away the run game, Josh Jacobs. They're going to force the ball into Aiden O'Connell's hand. And how are they going to really attack this Kansas City defense, which we've seen Miami have a hard time attacking, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, the Chargers move it, but then they stop when they have to do it. And it's a very challenge. It's a, it's a huge challenge. Philadelphia did not move the ball at all on yeah. them either, even though Philly won the game. So my problem is when I look at this game, I say, okay, eight and a half. All right, I think Kansas City's still going to score twenty-seven points. Can the Raiders score twenty? And I'm not sure they can, Sammy. Yeah, I don't think they can either in this game. And we'll get into our picks and all that stuff a little bit later on when we run down the board to wrap up the show here. But uh, looking at that number, I feel like we're sitting at 10 if Marquez Valdez-Cantley just simply catches the football Monday night. Right. <laughs> like, I think that's kind of like a little bit of an overreaction to the or Eagles. Or if they don't turn it over twice in the red zone last week. Yep. Yeah. I think maybe getting just a slight discount here on the Kansas City Chiefs on what is we a discount a significant weekend. discount. Yeah. You're yeah. getting a significant discount. Yeah. Well, we will get into all the games, including Sunday night football coming up next year, the Ravens at the Chargers. We're just getting warmed up on the Lombardi line. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
If you haven't become a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet, we're giving you one last chance to sign up on our best deal of the year. Sign up on our Black Friday special today and get a VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $60. It includes daily best bets, unlimited access to our exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access, plus all our betting guides and best bets for the upcoming College Bowls, Super Bowl, and March Madness. This offer expires on November 30th, so start betting smarter today. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up on our Black Friday special now. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's a week 12 edition of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi here on this Sunday. And uh, before we get into our official uh, kickoff of our game previews here, I wanted to give out some of the notable players who have been ruled out so far ahead of the actives and inactives, which will drop in about an hour and 15 minutes. Obviously, Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's now on IR. But T. Higgins as well for Cincinnati will not be playing in this game. For Pittsburgh, Minka Fitzpatrick has already been ruled out. Levante David has been ruled out. Dallas Goddard, the Eagles tight end, also has been ruled out. Out, obviously with his injury no Kadarius Tony for the Chiefs and then no Denzel Ward for the Cleveland Browns and most notably for the game that we're about to preview here Michael no Mark Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens their star tight end and that's where we will begin this week 12 preview Ravens three point favorites on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers Michael the betting market has a lot of interest on the Chargers this week this was about four then it went down to three and a half now we're sitting here at three across the board here uh, do you agree with this move here, or is this maybe a chance to lay it with the Ravens in primetime? Well, I, I think this. Look, the Chargers typically play close games, right? And mm-hmm. you can't ever underestimate the Chargers' ability to throw the football effectively. And the, the Ravens have struggled against good quarterback passing. I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson throw the football effectively on them. You know, we, we were able to see them do, you know, they, they moved the ball. I know they beat Cincinnati, but Joe Burrow was actually throwing the football on them when they face somebody that can throw it. Now, you know, Detroit comes into Baltimore. They couldn't throw it. They played really well in that game. This will be, you know, for the lack of a better way, this will be one of the better quarterbacks that they faced all season, and it'll be a great test. Mm. They only give up 5.5 yards per pass attempt. I mean, that's pretty impressive, but you have to go back through and look at who they've actually played at quarterback, right? Watson, they played uh, they they played Burrow for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then Jake Browning came in. Geno wasn't very good. They didn't play against Kyler Murray. They played against uh, uh, Josh Dobbs, who wasn't playing well. They played against Goff, and then Tennessee – you know, it was Tannehill, Pittsburgh, it's Pickett, Cleveland, it was Watson again, and Indianapolis, it's Minshew. So, well, it was Minshew, and they lost yeah. to him. So, Burrow, or when Burrow wasn't healthy, and then they played C.J. Stroud. So, they really, they haven't played anybody that you'd say, okay, this offense is going to click, and it's going to be dynamic. So, I think that's why. And we know the Chargers can play kind of in close games. They can't win close games, but they play in close games. When it was three and a half, I really thought it was a good play for the Chargers because, you know, you're getting that hook and you have a feeling, you know, when Herbert's an underdog of three points or more, he's 10 and four against the spread. Mm. So, you know, it's good. And this year he's five and one in that situation. So you like that. And I think that's something why people see it. I I think it's always going to be a close game. No home field advantage. (laughs) I don't know how many Raven fans will be out there, but I think this is going to be one of those. What you worry about if it's a close game, Right, It's that second half where the Chargers have not been able to, with Herbert making the adjustments. I mean, all you really need to know about the Brendan Staley administration is, is Herbert is 18-37-5 against the spread in the second half. That's adjustments, Pat. That's wow. adjustments right there, Femi. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a telling stat right there. It goes to show you that maybe this is an, from an in-game betting standpoint. Let's say the Chargers are up, you can maybe come back and go ahead and play some Baltimore Ravens at an underdog price here for the Ravens defensively. You mentioned how they haven't played all those quarterbacks. That's reflected in the numbers as well. They rank in the top three in points per game allowed, passing yards per game, and also in the total yards per game allowed as well. So this Ravens defense, Mike McDonald, he's done a terrific job. But when it's Herbert, it's a little bit different of an animal. But with that said, Michael. This Chargers offense, they don't make a whole lot of explosive plays. And I don't know whether no. it's the drops. Like last week, obviously, they had the drops. That was a big story. But even before then, they've struggled to really push the ball down the field ever since they lost Mike Williams for the season. And that, that's been the case all along. That's why they drafted Quentin Johnston. That's why they drafted him, because they know they needed him to come in there and get. Because last year when they lost Williams, they knew they needed him to come in and make plays. And unfortunately, he hasn't been able to be successful doing it. I mean, his catch percentage is only 58.8%. You know, he can't, and, and, and which, which really bad is the fact that he averages 9.2 yards per catch per reception. I mean, that's not what they drafted him for. They drafted him for the explosive vertical speed down the field, which hasn't manifested itself so far. He's a one-route runner. He's not a... In and out runner, he's a I gotta take off and fly down the field. You know, Williams was averaging 13.1, and he was, you know, and he was getting 83 yards per game this season. And so when you when you lose that, that's hard. And he had a 73% catch per percentage. So think about it, Femi. You've dropped down significantly in the catch percentage, right? Mm -hmm. You've dropped down 83 yards to to, to whatever whatever you can get 16, 18 yards from Quentin Johnson, where is that 50 yards coming from? It can only come from Keenan Allen, right? Yeah. And then when you, you know, you got to take Keenan Allen out of the game, and then where's Herbert going to throw the football? There lies the problem. Herbert does a great job protecting the ball. He's only thrown five interceptions all season. The problem is, is where else, who else is going to make an explosive play? And against a Baltimore team, you're going to need one because it's hard to put 10, 12, 15 plays in a row of good plays together, especially if you get in a lot of third downs. Yeah. And this is a very, very meaningful game for both of these teams. Chargers trying to stay in the AFC wildcard race. And for Baltimore, they're thinking about maybe one seed and potentially being able to host playoff games in the month of January. Right now, they are tied with the Miami Dolphins for that number one seed. Kansas City also at three losses, as is Jacksonville and Cleveland. So uh, the, the race for the AFC number one seed is going to be uh, hot and heavy coming down the stretch here. Let's stay, though, in uh, your neck of the woods over there in Jersey. The, the New York Giants host the New England yeah. Patriots. And for those of you who did not uh, see our show yesterday. You made this your Hall & Oates play of the week here, the Giants hosting New England. And the betting market, though, has been interested in the road favorite. The Patriots now out to four and a half point favorites. This was around three, three and a half yesterday. Now we've moved to four and a half. The total still sitting at 35 and a half, 34, I believe, in some spots there. Is this an indication that we'll see Mac Jones behind center here for oh. New England? Yeah, I mean, I, I've said all week that I thought the problem that Bill Belichick has in terms of who's going to be the starter is he can't get Bailey Zappi to practice or play well enough to beat Mac Jones out. That's the sad commentary of their situation at quarterback. Mm. I mean, Mac is a vet, Mac's there for beating out. He can't do it. They brought they brought Will Greer in. Will Greer couldn't couldn't do it. You know, it, you got to be able to take the job. No, Belichick's not, not going to hand you the job. You got to have to practice and play well enough to command the huddle. And obviously, Zappi, which I've never thought he could. I am shocked this line. So all week, I monitor the lines. Every day, 
I go through and put a different color on where the lines are going, and I kind of predict where it might go. About Wednesday, this trended from three and a half back to three, mm-hmm. and it stayed there for a little while. And then, all, and New England was not getting very much of the very much of the of the betting. They had about seventeen percent of the money coming in on them at that point, based on a lot of offshore and onshore markets, just not just graphics. Pretty much all the markets through ever. And then the last few days, Saturday and Sunday, the money has come pouring in on New England. I mean, it's come pouring in. They were at 18% on Monday of the money. They went to 20% on Tuesday. They went to 17% on Wednesday. And then on Friday, they went back up to 19% of the money. Okay? So I, Thursday, obviously, was Thanksgiving, so I didn't count that in there. Today, today they're up to 24% of the money. But the thing is, the reality here is it's all respected money, if you will, people that Mm -hmm. do this for a living. And that's why the number's moving. I mean, right now, the ticket count on all the markets is 66% in favor of the Giants. The money count is 76% of the Giants. But the reality of it is, is the, the, the Patriots are getting that professional money. And frankly, when you go back and watch the Washington game with six turnovers, with six turnovers... And, you know, they still had Washington still had a chance to win the game if they could have just put together one drive and not turn it over. So yeah. the Patriots will play this pretty well. And DeVito's going to have to throw the ball effectively into coverage where there's somebody covered. Last week against the Washington, nobody was covered. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably more of an indictment about the Washington Commanders, which they have since now fired their defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio. We're looking at the DraftKings betting splits right now here. 42% of the handle is on the New England Patriots as opposed to the 58% on the Giants. But like we mentioned, the money and the, the line, at least, is going in favor of New England. So while it's not all the money, it's uh, definitely respected and influential money that has come in on the Patriots here in this spot. I don't I, I think you had it right putting this as a Hall and Oates play <laughs> like I don't want any part of taking the points here with DeVito yeah. and I don't want to lay four and a half with New England's offense that I don't want to lay four consistent. and a half with Mac Jones either. Exactly. I, I don't want to think <laughs> like, but here's what we do know we do know this when you when these when these lines move as much as they move all of a sudden you know it favors the team that the line moved away from right when you move three points in another direction you know it's kind of it favors that team so you have to be very careful the dog the favorite one like you know when cincinnati was a dog the favorite we'll talk about that when we come back yeah we'll also talk about the afc south showdown down in houston this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host Timmy up ffa on vsan the sports betting network Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page, sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24 7 video access, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up on our Black Friday special now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $60 at VSIN.com slash subscribe we are rolling along here on the lombardi line on the DraftKings network here a part of our fun coverage here for the uh, pre-game power up 
which is five hours of nonstop NFL coverage leading up to kickoff. Uh, Brent Musburger's countdown to kickoff will be following us here starting at noon Eastern, leading up to kickoff at one o'clock Eastern time here. But Michael, let's continue with the game. Semi of MFA, Michael Lombardi here with you guys on this Sunday. And we'll go with the game down in Houston, the AFC South showdown, first place in the division on the line, heading into the final month of the season. The Jaguars right now, one and a half point road favorites, total sitting at 48. And our producer, Elliot Bowman, was telling us about this during the break. The Jaguars have covered the spread in nine straight road or neutral site games, which is tied for the longest streak in NFL history. So the road warrior Jaguars now laying road chalk here against Houston. And they're seven and three straight up in the last 10 games. They've done a really good job, right? Uh, And one thing we do know, Lawrence is 13 and 20 straight up as an underdog. But he's 10 and 8 straight up since the start of last year, since he got Doug Peterson back. So, and the other thing is, and I've documented this, he plays much better. Averages 8.1 yards per attempt on the road as to 6.7 at home. For some reason, he doesn't play well at home. And for another reason, I think what happens to him is, you know, they they don't play effectively. They they get behind. And they can't get going. You say, well, the last time, how, what happened? The last time, their special teams really let them down. You know, they get behind 17 nothing in the first half. They basically turn the ball over. They go for it on their classic fourth down. They don't get it. They give Houston good field position, and Houston makes some plays. I mean, when you watch this Jacksonville secondary, they will struggle against good throwers. They struggle against good passing teams. I mean, San Francisco threw for 293 against them. The Chiefs threw for 298. The Colts threw for 310 in the second game against them at home, naturally. And so, you know, they're three and two in games. And those games, in the games where they play lesser quarterbacks, Pickett, Richardson, Ritter, Levis, they, they win those games. When they play against a good thrower like, like what C.J. Stroud's been mm-hmm. able to demonstrate, it's really been difficult. And where they've been bailed out, Jacksonville defensively, has been on third down. They're the second-best third-down team. So for this game, Lawrence has got to play really well. I could see where the overs start to come in because I think both teams will move the football effectively on one another through the air. Pierce may play today. They say he's going to be a game-time decision. He's supposed to play. Jacksonville doesn't mind throwing it 40 times because they can't run the football. They've, they're basically they're the opposite of Washington. They try to run it. Mm-hmm. They try to run it, but they can't. They're 28th in yards per attempt. So this game will be in the air. And against zone coverage, like I said earlier, Lawrence has struggled. This will be an all-zone game by Houston. I want to go back to what you said about Trevor Lawrence and his home road splits. Do you think Is that just random and based on the competition, or is there something kind of deeper behind why he struggles at home and why he's actually played pretty well away from Jacksonville? Yeah, I can't put my finger on it. You know, it's kind of interesting how he just doesn't seem to, you know, and he plays fairly well against good competition. Yeah. I I mean, when, you know, when he plays, when he plays against teams with over 500 record, he's a pretty good player. He seems to match that. He matched the level of comp. But for this year, he's been really at home. He's been off target. He's gotten a lot of pressure. He hasn't been able to make classic throws. And then when he goes on the road, whether it's in New Orleans or whether it's over in Germany against the Bills secondary or, you know, or, or anywhere else or Indianapolis in the first game, that he throws the ball really effectively. So, again, it's, it's about if you're going to play him in zone, he's going to have some trouble reading it out mm-hmm. and he's going to have some trouble making throws. 
Yeah, we'll look out for that as the X's and O's matchup in this game here. Once again, a big game in terms of the AFC South standings right now. The Texans just one game behind Jacksonville. Jags seven and three, Houston six and four. But like we mentioned, Houston beat them down in Jacksonville earlier this season. So this could be for the season tiebreaker yeah. here if Houston's able to complete the sweep. I think this too, Femi, when you really study him, and I went through him this week and watched him. He's had 56 passes when you go through the numbers. And I have, I, I've watched pretty much all the games. But if you go to Pro Football Reference, they keep track of what they call off-target throws, right? Mm-hmm. He's had 56 off-target throws. That's fifth in the National Football League. And that's in the same company as Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. Oof. That's not where you want to be. <laughs> and there lies a lot of the problem. His footworks and his mechanics – for all the conversation about, well, he's gotten better with Doug, it really hasn't happened. He's only been over nine yards per game once in his career. Once. He's had 23 games below seven yards per attempt. 23 games. Wow. This has not been generational. He's been good, but it hasn't been generational. And there's been a little bit of a covering of his play because Peterson has kind of polished it up, but it really hasn't, it hasn't been to the level that you think, Oh my gosh, this guy is, you know, he's the next Patrick Mahomes that hasn't happened. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of billed as the second coming uh, dating back to his time at Clemson. And you saw the stats up there for our viewing audience. I mean, it was 11 touchdown passes so far through 10 games. Like that's not very impressive when you, when you look at what some other quarterbacks are doing in the league right now there. So that's, let a game. me ask you something yeah. for me. Uh, when, when you see it, like this is the second game for the Houston Texans, they got a three game homestand. Well, in baseball, three game homestands. Great. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you just, you try to, you know, that middle game, what do you think the record is of the teams in that middle game? Ooh, I'd say that I would say that they're winning at probably like a 60 percent clip around that range being at home in that second game. They're 58, 29 straight up, 51, 35 against the spread. Wow. So pretty, pretty profitable, right? Pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty profitable indeed there. And this is the chance for the Houston Texans to take advantage of this homestand here. Like the, the schedule, when you look at them, it's it's not the most difficult schedule. If they can get this win, then you host Denver in a game. Then like, a couple of weeks you get at the Jets. Doesn't sound like Rodgers will be back for that one. That'll probably be Timmy oh, Boyle or Zach Stop. Wilson at quarterback. Stop. <laughs> Stop. We're not talking about that. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I was just saying that that's part of the conversation in the NFL this month is going to be the return of Aaron Rodgers there. So I guess whether you like it or love it or hate it, you're going to have to listen to it at some point. Uh, let's go to the NFC South, though, here, Michael. The Saints and the Falcons. This is an interesting betting market because yeah. it's hung out around one, one and a half for much of the week. Now the Saints have gotten bet out to as much as two and a half. Two seems to be the consensus. Number 41 and a half is our total. Yeah, and this is your game. You should be handicapped. You're the Dennis <laughs> Allen expert. You're the Dennis Allen expert. Yeah. He's five, thirteen, and two against divisional opponents against the spread. You want him this today and lay in the points? Not a chance. You know? Do you want that? I, I mean, <laughs> not a chance. To me, Atlanta's the most confusing team of all, and I'm on Atlanta. I like Atlanta here today, but they're confusing. They're painful to watch. You know, I mean, when you break down this game, you're sitting here and you, you're watching Atlanta play on tape and you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, what are they doing here? Wait, well, I don't get this. So let me get this straight. Both both uh, Desmond Ritter and Algier have the same exact amount of carries. Okay, <laughs> that bothers me, right? They both have yeah. 100 and they both have 
They both have the same number of carries, identical, right? One guy's gained 612 yards on those carries. The other guy's gained 402. And yet they're giving them the same amount of carries. It makes no sense to me at all. And so, like, I, I can't, I, I can't get, I want to like them. When they go into Arizona, Arizona is one of the worst defenses in football in terms of pressuring the passer, allowing yards per pass play, all the things that, that happen. And they don't throw it. They run it. He only gains 70 yards passing in the game with mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke. I, I, I don't get it. Now, look, last year they beat him twice. They beat them in. They beat them twenty-seven to twenty-six in the opener. The Saints did. Remember that game? Atlanta yep. got off to a huge, and the the Saints came roaring back. And then off the bye week, just like this, the Saints won twenty-one to eighteen in New Orleans. So, look, I don't trust Carr. I don't trust Allen. I have a hard time with Atlanta, but I keep waiting for Atlanta to play better, especially at home. You know, when the Saints go on the road, there are times where they have not played well. You know, they lose by three in Carolina. Think about that. I mean, they won by three in Carolina. They lost by a point in Green Bay. They lost 20 to 13 to the, to the Texans and turned the ball over, shouldn't have. They beat Miami, and then they lost to Minnesota pretty pretty badly. So this will be an interesting game. I, I, the guy that I like in this game is Patterson. they got to get Patterson going, too. Like, Algiers should be standing next to, to Arthur Smith, and it should be Patterson and Robinson. Patterson's only had 17 carries this year. Yeah, they haven't really used him a bunch. The only game they used him was when Robinson wasn't available to play in the Tampa game when he had the headache. So it's very puzzling, the usage for a lot of these guys. I mean, try to kind of get Drake London and Kyle Pitts involved as well. Like those guys are are your big time guys that you drafted high. It's like, if you're going to draft these guys high, you need to use them because they were talented in college. Like, let's go ahead and see what they can do here at the NFL level. But like you said, this is never the Saints for me. This is Falcons or pass. Maybe it's the Falcons in a teaser to get them up to eight or something around there. Perhaps we have that in the world over for bets giving we'll be back to recap some of these more games and get you set to go with the Steelers and the Bengals here on the Lombardi line ready to unlock a world of entertainment Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in so you can watch live TV catch every game discover must-see shows and hit movies and get all the best streaming apps in one place like iHeart for all your favorite music radio and podcasts watch what you want when you want immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4k picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room find your perfect Philips Roku TV today online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSIN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. You can see us over on Samsung TV, Roku, Zumo Play, uh, obviously on the DraftKings Network as well as on vcin.com. For those of you who subscribe to us at vcin.com slash subscribe. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi here. Week 12, Sunday morning, getting you set for all these games that are about to kick off. Six of them in the early window. And we'll get to the one in Cincinnati, Michael, where the Bengals first game without Joe Burrow, who's out for the rest of the season. Jake Browning will be starting at quarterback and the Bengals are two and a half point underdogs with a total of 36 and a half over at DraftKings and a little bit of weather expected as well with chances of some light showers over there in the Cincinnati area. You know, th- this is this is going to be an interesting game for Zach for, for uh, Zach uh, Taylor uh, Taylor because you cannot run Joe Burrow's offense with with Jake Brown. You just can't do that, right? You, there's just no way because they put so much pressure on the quarterback in Zach's offense for the quarterback to be successful. For example, you know, they're fourth in passing attempts this year, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're 31st in rushing attempts. They're 26th in yards per attempt. They're 30th in yards, period, right? And even though they haven't thrown the ball effectively this year, partly because Higgins has been hurt, they're 26 in yards per attempt. So they're going to have to figure out a way to reshape their offense, right? And try to run the football. You can't do it out of 11 personnel. You can't do it in shotgun. You, you just can't. I mean, Mixon with Burrow behind him, you know, has averaged, really, he, has, he hasn't he's haven't had a very good season. He averaged about 60 yards a game at 4.0 a carry. So that, that, what are we going to do? How do we make this run game? How do we take some of the pressure off of Jake Browning? Because if, you, if it's plug and play, even with Joe Burrow, they haven't been great. Now, since the bye week, yes, they've been better. Certainly San Francisco, they were great. In Buffalo, mm-hmm. they moved the football effectively. But, you know, against Houston, they moved it, but they couldn't stop Houston. The issues now for Zach Taylor is simply this. we got to figure out a way to move the football with, with Jake Browning. And we and we got to figure out a way to play better defense because if we don't turn the ball over with our defense, if we don't get interceptions, we're not going to be able to win the game. They're 28th and third down. Last week against Baltimore, they could not create an interception. They lost 34 to 20, right? They yep. gave up 405 yards to Baltimore. Houston put 544 on them. I mean, not that Pittsburgh's a great team, but when Pittsburgh can run the football against you, when Pittsburgh can run the ball with, with runs, whether it's Warren or Najee Harris, they're an effective team. I'm not saying they're great. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to be the, you know, they're not the 2000 Rams here, but they can be an effective team. And, you know, when you look at it, 
in the last four weeks, they, the Bengals have allowed 431 yards on the ground. They're going to run the football against them, which sets up play action. And if they if Pickett doesn't turn the ball over, I have a hard time seeing how Cincinnati wins the game. Yeah, and it'll be a new play caller for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, will be calling the plays. He was assisted by Eddie Faulkner during the week, kind of getting the game plan together ever since Matt Canada was fired, the offensive coordinator. And I don't know if you saw the report there. I think it was Adam Schefter at ESPN reported it yesterday, saying that there was uh, some locker room arguments between Deontay yeah. Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick there. And like TJ Watt and Cam Hayward had to separate the guys and like kind of preach the message of, hey, we need to stick together. We're six and four. Like we got to stick together the rest of the way here. It, like, it sounds like there was a lot of frustration brewing in that Steelers locker room. Maybe it had to do with the play caller being Matt Canada and what the offense wasn't doing to where potentially maybe they can go ahead and galvanize this thing and, and get it rolling in the last five, six weeks here. Well, I mean, look, they lost to Jacksonville at home. They scored 10 points, right? They held Jacksonville to 20 and, you know, they, they couldn't win that. They held, a, you know, they held a backup quarterback for Cleveland to basically 10 points, won the game on the last second field goal, you know, and they lost that game. So, like, when they lose these games, they're losing them because they're not getting any cooperation from the offense. They scored seven points against San Francisco. They scored, you know, six points against Houston. They scored 10 points against Jacksonville. They scored 10 points against Cleveland. It gets frustrating for you in the locker room. Mm-hmm. The, the, it becomes a conflict. And so, you know, that's why I think Mike really had to kind of step in and do something. It's the same thing that happened in the Jets locker room. I mean, people, the players, they call the player-only meeting. You know, they're, they're looking for somebody, something to change within the fr- framework of their team. It's a challenge. This, this, should be a, this should be the perfect game, the perfect game for the Steelers because they're going against a team that was once a very good defense that is not the same defense. They're just not. They can't stop anybody on the ground. They give up big plays. And if you protect the passer, they've got 12 interceptions, you're going to make plays on them. You really are. And you can run the ball. And when you can run the ball on on, on a defense like the, the Steelers can, it opens up so many things. I, I think the Steelers play well today. I really do. You do. Well, it's sitting at two and a half right now, which is not the most expensive price, at least if you just think about it just from this week perspective in a vacuum. Obviously, this line was going to be five and a half or six if Burrow was playing. We've swung to now Pittsburgh being the favorite. But I want to ask you this year because the, the fallen hero theory tends to be a thing in the NFL to where usually when a star player gets hurt, the first game back, the, the, the team rises to the occasion. Other guys pick up the slack here for Cincinnati. Do you think that that could be a potential situation to where, yes, for over the long haul, the Bengals are probably cooked with Burrow out. But in this particular game, do you think you get an A-plus effort from the Bengals trying to kind of save their season, which is on the ropes, clearly? Well, I mean, look, Browning at Washington finished sixth in the Heisman the year of his senior season. He didn't get drafted. Kind of has bounced around, went to Minnesota as a college free agent, ended up here at, at there. You know, this summer, you know, all I just want to remind Jet fans, he beat out Trevor Simeon for the backup job in Cincinnati. They signed Trevor Simeon with him with the idea he was going to be the backup. And 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 Browning did it really basically with a average preseason. He averaged six point two yards per attempt. He had two interceptions, uh, you know, one touchdown pass, and but he ran the football effectively at six runs for fifty five yards. So I mean, that gives some hope. I just don't know how you can put the burden of responsibility of the offense mm-hmm. on this young man's shoulders. You just can't. You have to have more balance. Run the football. Oh, bless <laughs> Excuse you. me, Femi. No, bless you. You're You've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to be able to do different things. You can't line up in 11, shotgun, offset back, and let Burrow run the game like they have. 
I mean, it just doesn't work. And this offensive line is not great either. I know they put money into it, but they don't play well. They don't run block at all. And as the year goes on and the pad level becomes higher, teams like Cincinnati, you know, which are not a physical team in the offensive front, they become less physical and less physical as we move forward. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh right now in a good position to go ahead and get a road division win uh, right now. Two and a half point favorites. We'll see if that goes to three there. I think we might just hang out here at two and a half because I think a lot of people are a little bit skeptical of this Steelers offense, even though they've made the change at offensive coordinator. Let's go to the AFC South, though. The Colts are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now over at DraftKings. We've seen our first three pop up uh, two and a half pretty much across the board, but three over at DraftKings, three minus one oh two total forty five. That's what you've been waiting for. <laughs> I've been well, Fire well, we the talked cannons. about it. I've been waiting it. For it, I thought for sure it was going to happen. I mean, look, the Bucks are beat up. They've got a bunch of injuries. You know, I thought for sure it would it would come up, come to fruition. It, it, nobody was betting, as I've mentioned before, nobody was betting the the, the Bucks all week long, mm-hmm. right? You know, and you get that three sitting out there. It's kind of a, a you know gives you a chance. But here's what I will say about this game: when Gardner Minshew faces teams, okay, this is kind of an interesting number. When Gardner Minshew faces an offense that can score points. And, you know, Tampa Bay, for whatever you think of Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield, they they can move the ball. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they can move the ball. Rashad White might be hurt, which might be a good thing because then they won't keep trying to run the ball. They should just throw it, right? But when Minshew's opponents score more than 20 points in a game, they're 1-16 straight up. I don't see how... You know, the Bucs don't move the ball in this game. Now, here's the issue. The Bucs have played horrible defense the last six weeks. Horrendous. Mm -hmm. They've given up an average of 390 yards the last six games. They've forced just six turnovers. Now they're missing some players. But what Todd Bowles is going to do, he's going to get in that double double sink look. He's going to get in that bare front. And he's going to say to Minshew, you're going to have to throw the ball to beat me. Vita Vey is going to be in there kicking butt over the center, trying to stop the run. And he's going to ask them to say, okay, you're going to have to make plays in the back end passing the football. Can Minshew do that? We'll see. And to your point, Tampa Bay, 5-0 and against the spread on the road this season, all as underdogs. And in those games, the under 4-1 and in those games. So maybe it's a lower scoring affair, even though the total has been being bet to the over open 41 and a half. Now sits 45 across the board here. There's even a 45 and a half out there as well. So a lot of people expecting points in this showdown over in Indianapolis. But I tend to agree with you at three. It's it's hard not to have interest in Tampa. But those injuries, like we mentioned, Levante David, the linebacker, their leading tackler in Tampa. And then also Devin White, a little bit banged up as well. Then Jamel Dean, the corner, is uh, already been ruled out of this game. So Tampa playing a little bit shorthanded on the defensive side of the ball, but Todd Bowles, one of the best defensive minds in football, might oppose a formidable challenge to Gardner Minshew, Shane Sykin, and the Colts' offensive attack. That does it for hour number one. Hour number two, we begin it in the city of brotherly love, talking Bills-Eagles here on the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. From football playoffs to basketball madness. 
TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.